Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to episode three of Chain Wrestling with Sai and Mags. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the ringmaster to my Rocky Maivia, the diamond stud to my Vinny Vegas, the podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing, sir? Wow, these intros are so, so good. You put my intros absolutely in, in the shade. Uh, yeah, I'm doing really well. Excited for, for this episode. Looking back on uh, the lead up to WrestleMania 18 uh, with a, a great three-on-two uh, handicap match. Yeah, yeah. Some real big star power in that match as well, isn't there? Some great names um, yeah. involved. Before we do move on, there's a couple of things I want to, uh, I want to touch upon. Bit, a bit of housekeeping, first of all. I want to say uh, thank you to Orion Williams for the music that I've used in the intro for the first episode and again on this episode. Um, it's something he wrote himself. I contacted him to make sure it was okay, even though he put it up on his Facebook and saw that anyone can use it. And he, he said, no, carry on. Good luck with the show, lads, and all that sort of stuff. So thank you very much to Orion Williams for that. Look him up on Facebook. He's in several different bands. Very talented fella. So... Worth having a look at, Max. Yeah, absolutely, and I'll be checking him out after after we've recorded this. Excellent stuff. Um, also, the Chops, Kicks, and Near Falls website are running some kind of end of year podcast awards. And Max, me and you are up for Duo of the Year, mate. Wow, what a shock. Uh, yeah, uh, I saw the, the post by uh, young Conrad and uh, I was uh, quick to get my votes in, so fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, wow, three episodes in and we've made uh, such an impact that people are uh, uh, happy to nominate us for, for awards. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. I mean, looking up and down those awards, uh, between us, I think we've had about 10, 11 nominations, so... We, we really must be kind of like setting the, the podcasting world on fire. <laughs> yeah, setting the podcasting world on fire. like uh, uh, <laughs> On fire like a burning STD, I would say, is, is more of our level. <laughs> like a burning escort on the, on, that's been abandoned. <laughs> in like, yeah, in some wasteland in like, you know. <laughs> a scummy part of Gloucester. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, it, it's just, it's. Uh, I mean, I've never been someone who's kind of that that bothered about uh, the clout or the the fame of podcasting. But it, it is cool to get kind of a uh, like appreciation from from the people you you kind of look up to in in this industry. And, uh, yeah, to to get nominations so quickly and so uh, young in this project. I am I'm really really like. Uh, sacked about it yeah definitely definitely that's how i feel as well it's i i enjoy doing the two shows i work on i enjoy guesting on other shows i'm having a great time doing this one i find this 
you know, the, the format's good and we can have a laugh and a joke about some silly wrestling. I really enjoy doing this show with you. So the fact that somebody else or some other people have um, basically said that they enjoy it too and put us forward for this, then yeah, I'm over the moon. It's 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 it's, it's an added little bonus, I guess, to the enjoyment I'm already getting. So. Um, I imagine blatantly the nominations come from my wife, so I'll say thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Max, before we start off, mate, uh, how, how's your week been? What have you been up to? How are things going? Yeah, not too bad. been a busy week into the lead up to Christmas. I've got quite a few uh, uh, podcast appearances uh, in the next few days, and lo-, lo and behold, I get a cold at the beginning of the week, so that's going to be fun. Uh, so if you hear me coughing oh, no. and spluttering, it's because I'm dying of COVID. Not really COVID, but... <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I've not long got over some of that myself. Been coughing and spluttering on shows I've been recording. Um, not it's, good. It, it's so annoying. It's yeah. so so annoying. Yeah, without a doubt, mate. Without a doubt. Uh, so, episode three of Chain Wrestling today. Mm-hmm. The um, very very short poll that was voted on by a few people very very quickly. Blink and you missed it this week, Mags, because I wow. screwed it up and didn't set the time right. <laughs> was so, it a, a one day poll yeah it was very quick mate so it was very blinking you missed it so um with a lightning quick re- record quick poll we have the winner this week for this week's topic is a handicap match from mm-hmm. the march the 11th 2002 episode of raw and we have some some real star power in this contest on one side yep. you have the team of the rock and stone cold steve austin and on the other side, you have Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, the NWO. And this is the go-home episode of Raw, I guess, before WrestleMania 18, I think, isn't it, Max? certainly is. And uh, in the lead-up to it, we, we confirmed that The Rock would be facing Hogan and uh, Scott Hall would be taking on Steve Austin. And this was kind of like the, the, the preemptive match to, to go into those feuds at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Rock Hogan match at WrestleMania, that was that stole the show, didn't it? I mean, there wasn't much else mm-hmm. on that pay-per-view that really stands out in the memory. No. Um, that was that was absolutely incredible, wasn't it? It certainly was. One of, one of my uh, favourite matches to watch. I mean, not in terms of, obviously, ring uh, prowess, but just the uh, the way the audience were on the, the edge of the seats just eating everything up between uh, two of the biggest icons that the, the rest of the world's ever produced. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've I read somewhere that if you if you mute the television and watch that match back with no sound, it's actually not that great a contest. It's literally, mm. I've, not, I've never done it, but this is something <laughs> I read in a magazine or online somewhere. Um, they said the crowd effectively makes that match, but it was mm-hmm. I, I loved it. It was awesome. I, I'm a huge Hogan fan. It reminds yeah. me of being a kid. Um, the Rock as well, obviously incredibly talented fella. He's always he's always exciting to watch, and always great to see him around the wrestling world. So that contest w- was was fantastic. Um, yeah, it certainly was. But Max, you said before we uh, pressed record here, you've done probably more research than I have into into this topic and how we ended up at this point. Um, we start off, I suppose, with Vince McMahon rambling like a lunatic into a mirror, don't we? Yeah, well, uh, to be to be actually fair, it, it it goes back to pretty much the the 
the second episode we did with the uh, Austin and Booker T um, brawl in the supermarket, uh, one of the main kind of points of that story was was Ric Flair and, and uh, Vince McMahon uh, struggling to to work together as co-owners of the the WWF, which led to Vince going slightly crazy uh, and, like I said, <laughs> talking into a mirror. Uh, he was. Uh, he was at the end of his tether with uh, with Ric Flair being uh, uh, being part of of the WWF, and he felt that Ric Flair was going to kill the WWF. Uh, and then we get over the space of a, a two hour SmackDown, uh, six or seven kind of little uh, promo vignettes from Vince, where he's he's talking about wanting to kill the WWF or kill his own creation and that uh, it had terminal cancer uh, and we get to the the, the blow off of the show where he, we get the reveal that he's actually talking into the mirror that he's going to inject the WWF with a, a lethal dose of the NWO and then he swivels his chair around and it's got the NWO um, um, logo on the back of it. And I thought really it's such well-produced and uh, well, uh, such amazing camera work for, for such a, a good blow-off to that show. And then nothing really happens for a couple of weeks. Uh, and then we will start getting kind of little vignettes of the NWO coming uh at no way out which obviously nwr with with new world order and then nwr with no way out so uh even at that show they didn't really do a lot it was more of an introduction we see them uh, uh talking with the rock and we get the the infamous skit where uh hogan wants a photo with the rock and then says uh, there's no accounting for taste and then the rock <laughs> The Rock obviously does his does his gimmick of uh, of mocking the three of them, uh, especially the the Diesel <laughs> and uh, and the Chico. Um, then we get in get the three of uh, NWO members talking with Austin and trying to give him a six pack of beer, which he refuses. And then we uh, we we start kind of building towards WrestleMania. Uh, we get. Um, Hogan and, and and the Rock with a with a one of the, probably the best challenge kind of promos that they've they've ever ever been where uh, Hogan is really slamming the WWF uh, fans saying that they drove him out of the company. Uh, uh, he was um, he was ranting on about um, oh you turned your back on me and all yeah. this and the, when the Rock arrives in the ring he's there saying they loved you and I loved you and all and all yeah. that wasn't it oh fantastic TV. I, I could watch that promo every day and not get bored of it. It's such a good promo. Uh, they believed in you. The Rock yeah. believed in you. And all that exactly. sort of stuff. Exactly. So then we get the the challenge for WrestleMania where um, we get the the famous line of of, of the Rock saying, "You talk about." Uh, headlining WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Uh, well, why don't we headline one more WrestleMania with The Rock? And then the crowd absolutely erupt. These two guys know how to kind of milk that uh, that crowd reaction. And, and it takes about four or five minutes of Hogan just looking around at the fans. He finally accepts. Um, and we think that's the end of it. The Rock leaves and goes to the top of the ramp and then gets attacked by the other two members of the NWO, uh, really gets beat down. Uh, Hogan hits him at the back of the head with a hammer, uh, and then yeah. then uh, whilst they, they, the NWO then leave, we get um, we get uh, the rock being wheeled off to a local medical facility in an ambulance. 
but that ambulance doesn't leave the, the car park because uh, it's stopped by Hogan's uh, 18 wheel truck. Uh, the <laughs> NWO then attack the ambulance with uh, crowbars and and uh, chains. They chain the ambulance up and then Hogan, um, for about, about four or five times throughout this whole kind of segment, he says he's going to lay the smack down on Rock's crippled ass. Uh, reverses his truck up and then ploughs full blast into the side of the ambulance. You can see where the front of the ambulance kind of rips off the the main body of the of the of the vehicle. Does it again? The police start. Uh, the police irons start coming and and they they hightail it out in a in a waiting car. And uh, yeah, the rock is uh the rock is injured. So then we go on to the then the uh, smackdown after that, and the NWO are forced to make a public apology, um, and then Scott Hall is kidnapped by by Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's sellotaped to a chair, and Austin pours beer over him, which I thought was uh, looking back now, I thought was quite um, quite distasteful considering that. Uh, that Scott Hall had really, really major problems with uh, alcohol and drug abuse. Um, it weren't just um, it weren't just the issues he had, though, was it? Uh, apparently, at, at that stage, he was taking I don't know the name of it, but taking some form of medication that makes you vomit, violently yeah. sick with, yeah. with, with alcohol. And he's got his mouth taped, and they're pouring the booze all over him. And apparently, he was retching mm-hmm. and puking up in his mouth as this was going on. Yeah, that's, that's horrific. Yeah. It, it, it 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 goes to show like sometimes how WWE just will use someone's demons as a storyline when perhaps they really really should. I mean, we've seen it recently with the Jeff Hardy and Sheamus stuff, yeah. where uh, it just they just sometimes don't know when when to draw the line. Uh, but it it's leading into the biggest show of, of the year, so uh, I suppose it's kind of a case of just pushing out all the all the stops. Anyway, so we go to the the raw. Um, after that, where we then get the NWO coming out to the ring and challenging um, um, Scott Hall, challenging Austin to a match at WrestleMania because he feels like he was disrespected and, and treated like a dog, uh, which then leads to this uh, this three on two um, handicap match that that we're going to speak about today. Uh, in like you said, into the blow off show before uh, before WrestleMania eighteen. Yeah, um, so just to recap, we've got the rock getting hit on the head with a hammer and yes. then they drive a truck into him whilst he's in an ambulance. Yep. Um, and then we've got Stone Cold effectively tormenting an addict with booze whilst mm-hmm. he's got his mouth taped up and potentially choking on his own vomit. Is that is that maybe, have I counted this correctly, is that three <laughs> cases of attempted murder in the build-up to this match? Or? Classic. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> fantastic, isn't it? Eh? And the thing is, when they hit him with a truck, like you said, they all jump in a car and scarper away because the police are coming. It's all being filmed. Yeah, you know who's done it. All the evidence <laughs> is there. All the evidence is there. It's the wacky world of wrestling. Nobody ever wrestling bubble. Yeah, you don't ever pay for your for your crimes apart no. from when you lose a match. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay, so we uh, we get to the show then, March the eleventh. 2002 Monday Night Raw uh, from the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. Uh, the first thing that hits me, Max, when when you press play on this episode of Raw and you have a little look at what's going on, the amount of signs in the crowd. It, it's fun. Mm. It's a fantastic visual, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. I, I miss those those uh, 
those times with Raw where it, they they do the camera sweep over the crowd and yeah. it, they were just the fans were rabid, absolutely rabid, uh, just such fun. Yeah, and it, the atmosphere, the pyro, everything about it, absolutely brilliant, and it, it's it's how I always remember wrestling. Obviously, I, I grew up sort of watching a little bit of the Hogan era in the late eighties, and then through the nineties, with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair were, were sort of my time as a as a fan as a child, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the era of you know the Attitude Era, and then into this time with the signs and the pyro, is really what sort of stands out for me as as when I think of Monday Night Raw. That's the images I think of, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's it's kind of been neutered now. Uh, in, in recent years and then obviously we've I think it's it's brought it a little bit back with the the Thunderdome I really do think that that's something uh, innovative for WWE to, to not have the fans there but still have them there in, in in some sort of fashion but before we even had this COVID it did feel without the pyro that, that Raw and Smackdown were very very um, neutered in terms of like uh, introductions mm. yeah yeah it again, it's, I just love the visual of the signs, and some of the signs are pure comedy as well. Obviously, before, yeah. they, get t- before they get took down and whisked away, you can find some absolute gold, can't you? On some of these, yeah, signs. you um, certainly can. We've got a bit of a running theme through this show the, the actual main event itself of the NWO versus Austin and The Rock doesn't really get touched upon much during the episodes, to be fair. You, no. get, you get a little promo from the NWO not long before the match, you don't really get much at all from the guys in the contest until the match starts. But what you've got is, I suppose, inadvertently, the star of this episode of Raw, up until the bell rings for the main event, it is Lucy the Dog, Mags. <laughs> Lucy the Dog with uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, it's a great story. I completely forgot this happened. Until I yeah. press play, I can, I can remember the match, I can remember the NWO handicap match we're going we're gonna to look at in a few moments. I completely forgot all about this, and as soon as I put it on, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And then I was like, I'm sure the dog craps in a minute. And there we go. And, there, <laughs> and then I think Jericho ties her to a limo, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that so. weren't cool. My little girl got upset watching that. Oh. Because you heard the yelp and the well. Yeah, yelp, I suppose. And um, the dog's obviously hurt, and the Triple H comes running out and yelling about Lucy being stuck under the car and yeah I mean bearing in mind you've got you've got Stephanie McMahon there who is and has been for decades a very big prominent strong character on television and a very important person behind the scenes you've got Chris Jericho who is about to headline Wrestlemania as the unified undisputed champion and you've got Triple H, who has just come back from a horrific injury, has won the Royal Rumble, is probably yeah. the most over babyface at that time going into mm-hmm. WrestleMania, the reactions he was getting. And they're all quarrelling over a dog and some dog shit on the floor. Yeah, it, it re- this story did not need this uh, injured dog segment. Uh, it was literally just a filler for one week. I don't think it was even mentioned uh, after WrestleMania about about this. So, yeah, it was a, a little bit ridiculous, but at least we got the uh, the board of directors uh, and the vote of confidence with, with Vince and, and Ric Flair uh, to, yeah. to bring a little bit of seriousness to the episode. So before we get on to that then, you, you, say, you say you can't remember it being mentioned again, um, nor can I, actually. So, you know, <laughs> what, what happened to Lucy the dog? 
Did Lucy, get ju- did Lucy get justice? Did she get rescued? Is she okay? <laughs> I, I want justice, justice for Lucy for the dog. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> that poor little nut, man. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the boardroom uh, moments, haven't we? With Ric Flair being accused of, um, I suppose, not being professional enough to be in a position of power, which I think is blurring the lines of reality there because I think Ric Flair's never been professional enough to be in a position of power anywhere, has he? <laughs> I mean, but the the ironic thing is the person bringing those charges to Ric Flair is Vince McMahon, who uh, is is hardly uh, um, the epitome of, of professionalism at the best of times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, considering, like you mentioned earlier, a week or two or a month ago, he's ranting like a lunatic into the mirror, mm-hmm. talking to himself. I mean, that doesn't come across particularly stable, does it? But never mind. Um they talk about Ric Flair punching a fan on an episode of SmackDown. He's swinging for The Undertaker. The Undertaker ducks and he hits this fan. And that was one of the reasons why Vince is trying to get Flair's um, uh, 50% control, I guess, removed from him. Um, that fan was Paul London, Max. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. Uh, I, I think Flair got arrested for that, and I think that was one of uh, Vince's arguments that uh, because Flair was getting arrested, he, he shouldn't be uh, 50% order of the company. Mm. When, you know, Vince has been in court numerous times, and had to settle out of court for various different issues and, and so on, but, you know, Flair's been arrested. That's 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 the big the big story there, isn't it? That's much worse than what McMahon's ever been accused of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. This is this is someone who uh, had a kiss my ass club where he rubbed Vin, uh, Jr's face in his in his in his ass whilst wearing Jr's cowboy hat. He mm-hmm. drugged his own wife, uh, and his wife is yeah, on the board making the decision. Yeah. And he uh, he also made out with a with a twenty two year old blonde. Uh, and it's him who wants to destroy the company by bringing back the NWO, but yeah, it's Flair whose uh, who's, who's, uh, ownership is on the line. It just absolutely makes no sense. A 22-year-old blonde, was that Trish on the screen, wasn't it? Was uh, uh, Trish or something else? It was Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he got caught by Linda, didn't he? Is that, is that yeah. right? Yeah, okay. So any reason to mention Trish, really, mate? I just get, I just get distracted. <laughs> oh, Trish. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, it all—it's all building towards Flair versus the Undertaker at WrestleMania 18, and um, McMahon, I think, gets control back here, even if it's just temporarily, doesn't he? Is that right? He get—he gets the vote of confidence, which means uh, he's in charge until uh, the review, the decision after WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I suppose after all that silly dog poo nonsense and boardroom <laughs> shenanigans, we get to our main event, which is the match that kind of linked last week's episode to this episode of Raw for us. Um, yeah. We have The Rock out first, and he gets a, a big pop from the crowd, as you can imagine. Uh, Austin follows him shortly after, and again, another big pop. Then we get all three members of the NWO coming out um with the music and the black and white flashing lights and all this sort of stuff uh, uh, how, just how cool are the nwo and how cool is scott Hall, man? just absolutely yeah. fantastic it's it's um, going back and watching the nwo i mean even though it went down like a little bit of a fine church in in terms of uh, the wrestling world they were 
they were cool. The music was cool. The the video effects was cool. Yeah, it, it's it's really good fun to go back and watch watch these guys. And like I said, Scott Hall is the the epitome of, of wrestling cool. He just he got the business and he knew how to have you eating out the palm of his hand. It was just so so good. Yeah. Yep. And, and you said about it sort of you know taking a nosedive and not going over well in the WWF. Uh, this was kind of it, wasn't it? I mean, you had mm-hmm. this was the, I think they said it's the first time Hogan had wrestled in a WWF ring for nine years, I believe. Yeah, Jim Ross yep. said. Um, and it was part obviously of, of the NWO trio here. Uh, when WrestleMania 18 was done with, obviously Hogan was turning face, so that was literally it, that was done and dusted. Yeah, I mean, they they tried to drag it out with uh, the Big Show joining and then Booker T joining and and then Shawn Michaels joining. Uh, but the the good thing is that it didn't last that long afterwards. Uh, Vince kind of knew it was on 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 the wane. Whereas if you look back at WCW, they milked it for all it was worth and it got really bloated and and kind of like nonsensical when literally everybody was joining the NWO and it, it just got so big. Uh, and they just didn't know when to kill off a good thing, uh, where I think Vince realised that he'd got what he needed out of the NWO and, yeah, give it a, a dose of poison itself and, and kill it off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had the the three members of the NWO, uh, the main three, when it all started in WCW, they were, they were, the, they were the cool, they were the, the core of it, and they were, yeah. you know, what made it a great, a great storyline, a great angle, and you had a few others added to it, which made sense. I enjoyed Bischoff being in the NWO. Um, Sean Waltman joining was kind of cool as well. I mean, it didn't mm-hmm. get too big and too bloated and so on, but in the WWF, um, the, the issues you had, I think, looking back, obviously hindsight's so, you know, 2020, but Hogan was just getting cheered, and it weren't going to work. He, he, yeah, they, they that, had to that's exactly it. That's Kevin exactly Nash. It. Yeah, Kevin Nash has got joints that are made of Weetabix. So <laughs> the moment he moves, they crumble to bits. Um, and Scott Hall, obviously, as we said, has his dependency issues. So it was kind of, for those three main main members, I guess, for want of a better term, for those three sort of initial startup um, members of the NWO, it was kind of snake bit straight from the start. And it just fell apart so quickly after Mania. And it was a real shame because I mean I'm, I'm a huge WCW fan, again huge Hogan fan. I mean Kevin Nash, okay Diesel was all right for a bit when I was a kid, but I could take it or leave it with with Kevin Nash. But as part of the NWO, he was he was quite cool. Big Scott Hall fan. Yeah. It's a real shame it didn't work out better for me. I guess after WrestleMania 18. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think th- there's a lot more that could have been done with the NWO, but then if you look at, at WWE uh, around this time and, and going even like closer to, to now, they, they have like a tendency to to not uh, really fulfil the, the potential. You look at like the Nexus, uh, you look at Retribution nowadays, they, they're not... They they could have been huge huge storylines and and we we don't always kind of get the the payoff that that we possibly could get. Oh, definitely. Uh, what about the core? Do you remember them? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that that was pretty much trying to be the new nexus. Uh, and yeah, yeah the Wade Barrett got bummed out with some some bad bad booking. 
Yeah, didn't he just? <laughs> well, the Bad News Barrett was cool. I like that. Yeah, King Barrett was, was good as well, when, um, and Bad News Barrett. Uh, but I think they were more kind of his... Uh, his um, character designs rather than some of the WWE come up with. But yeah, then the Nexus is always going to go down for me as one of the biggest wastes uh, in WWF history because that could have been absolutely monumental. But then we yeah. get uh, we get Super Cena uh, destroying it. Mm. Yes, yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's for another day, I think. <laughs> uh, so back to the... Uh, arena in Detroit there. Rock and Scott Hall start the match. And mm-hmm. the, the crowd are massively into this, isn't they? Massively into this. Yeah. It's, it's such a hot crowd. I mean, obviously, it's the go-home show for Mania, and you've got all that star power, and the stories going into this match as well. The crowd are just wild for absolutely everything they do. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you could sense the hints. I mean, we know, obviously, going back to uh, watching WrestleMania, how we got that kind of double turn where the crowd were booing Hogan, but then by the end of the match, Hogan was, was the clear favourite and how both wrestlers really knew how how to work that crowd. Uh, Rock knew that he wasn't getting uh, the cheer, so he played into the heel character. Uh, Hogan has, has been the, the consummate babyface for the majority of his career, so he knew exactly what he was doing. And we kind of got those hints here because when Hogan got in the ring and when Scott Hall got in the ring, they, were, they weren't getting full-on booed. They were getting cheered. The only NWO member who was getting full booze was, was Kevin Nash, and that's because nobody really likes him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the one note I've got here, actually, that, that you know, the crowd are really into this, and it's the place is going wild for everything. And then Nash tags mm-hmm. in. And everything slows yeah. down. Yeah, and and you, you sleeping pace. And you said it. You said it perfectly earlier. It's because he's got those kind of a the, those crumbling uh, knees that he wasn't able to keep pace with uh, with the likes of Scott Hall and, and Rock and Austin. I mean, even Hogan was able to keep a a, a higher pace than than uh, than Nash was. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And when Hogan tagged in as well, there was a huge crowd reaction to that. Sort mm-hmm. of, I suppose, hinting towards what was going to be happening at WrestleMania. Sort of, what was it, be six days after that, I suppose? Yeah, six days. And and when um, when The Rock did the kip-up and, and we got the face-to-face between them, the crowd absolutely erupted. And then Kevin Nash came in and, and decked the rock from behind to to pull the rug from under the fans uh, for, from under the fans' feet and yeah uh, he played he uh, did his role really well of kind of like teasing teasing that we were going to get the the face off and, and not quite getting it yeah yeah I mean Scott Hall um, I suppose let's down the sort of hole coolness of the Scott Hall and Razor Ramon characters a little bit here because he's hobbling around and his boots broke. The, the, yeah. the sort of padding at the bottom is flapping around all over the place, which is a bit of a shame. But it didn't seem to hinder him too much. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the moment when uh, Hogan's showboating away with his back to the rock and the rock nips up. And that, that's fantastic television as well, isn't it? Just the timing of that was done so well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the I think the only kind of like... Um, real sour point in this match for me was when it was when Nash was in the ring. His his action was so slow. His punches were always about three to four inches away from landing. So you, they they really took you out the out of the like the thought that this was an actual fight. Um, and every time 
an opponent got a bit of an offense on him, it just hit the, the the knee to the body and kind of like slowed the pace back down. It was so, so annoying. But then when you get uh, Nash or Hogan in, the crowd erupted again and, and we, we we get back to kind of really starting to in, enjoy it. Uh, Hall's a weird kind of choke slam on... on uh, on uh, Austin was uh, was yeah it was fun to watch, uh, but but I think this match was only around about nine minutes and we get the Hogan win uh, with the big boot and the leg drop, uh, leg drop of doom. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's such a corny move, but uh, it it was so effective and and then the the NWO win going into WrestleMania and then obviously we we know how that goes. Uh, we get some of the biggest pops in in wrestling history with the Rock and and Hogan match. So yeah, it's a fun match to watch. Uh, I th- I felt that with it being such a monumental match, uh, like the biggest. Um, biggest thing to come out of WCW from from the late nineties and and t- the two biggest wrestling stars from the WF. I thought they could have done maybe a little bit more, but then you're looking at uh, a team with two uh, wrestlers who who were who were pretty much the worst for wear, and then uh, the the third wheel in that team is someone who maybe. WWF didn't really trust at that time uh, with his with his demon. So I, I suppose this was probably the best we were going to get from from uh, these five in the ring. Yeah, and Stone Cold um, was having a bit of a sulk as well, wasn't he? He wasn't too happy with his booking at the time, and we were just getting to that stage where he was about to throw his toys out the pram a little bit. He didn't want to be working with Scott Hall. He felt he shouldn't have been that low down the card at WrestleMania yeah. and so on. Well, that's it. He takes his ball and goes on pretty much uh, straight after that. When uh, I mean, I can, I can understand as well because his, his match with Scott Hall was literally in the middle of the card at WrestleMania 18. Yeah. And this is a guy who, who headlined the previous WrestleMania uh, and it's the, one of the most adored WrestleManias of all time. And then he's seen uh, the likes of The of the Rock have a, a massive storyline with, with uh, um, Hulk Hogan, but he's lumbering in the mid card with uh with with Scott Hall, which yeah, I can I could understand his frustration, but I also don't think he should have uh walked out because yeah, it just it's it's kind of like punishing the fans for, for the bad booking. Yeah, exactly. I mean I suppose, you know, playing devil's advocate a little bit there, his walkout um over this and uh the Brock Lesnar match was a big issue for him as well, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So on. Um, when he did make his return, that was a great moment. The glass breaking and the crowd going absolutely crazy for his comeback and so on. But at the same time, yeah, I totally agree with you. It is punishing the fans. It's punishing the people who have ultimately plied money into that company and then sort of via that company into his pockets. Yeah, and and then you you obviously looking back we know that he then retired the WrestleMania after. So yeah. his, his comeback was, was very short-lived. So that three to six month gap uh, is, we, we could have had uh, some amazing storylines come out of it, but uh, obviously Austin's a, a grown ass adult and he felt that he was being, um, being disrespected and suppose it's, it's, it's in his dream. If he wanted to go on, he, he, he could do, but, yeah, it's a, it was a shame, and uh, it's kind of like the the one sour point of Austin's uh, WWF career for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Okay, so, I mean, a nine-minute contest there. Um, the, the, I suppose the show in general as well and the whole NWO storyline. Um, as we have done on a previous episode for, for an actual match, Max, out of 10, whereabouts would you give this? Uh, taking this match uh, as a full storyline, uh, leading to what, uh, what it'd turn out, I, I would give it an eight but just looking at this match like on on its own i'd say a five yeah yeah i think that's about five um is it well is it i I think i'm gonna have to go more maybe like five and a half six because if you remember the steiner booker t uh straight jacket match we gave a five (laughs) that is very true yeah i can't i can't put it on the same level as that then uh, no, no I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go at one level i mean this is huge star power so i suppose it deserves a higher rating just because of that so yeah well i'll go six six yeah six i think that's fair. fair i mean that's a fair shape <laughs> so then uh, from there with hogan nash hall uh, austin the rock monday night raw 2002 etc etc where are we going from here mags do you want to go first yeah, I'm fine. So um, I've got three options, um, um, all of them to do with the, the NWO members, uh, but they're all linked by their opponent. Um, so I'm tempted with uh, SummerSlam 2005, Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan, uh, where we get the massive, massive overselling because uh, Shawn Michaels has got his panties in a twist because Hogan has refused to to uh, lose the match and also refused to to lose the the rematch, which uh, uh, which made Shawn Michaels uh, pretty angry at the time. Then I could go with Diesel uh, taking on Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 11 for the WF Championship, uh, which is an absolute farting church style match, really has gone down in the annals of history as one of the worst WrestleMania um, title matches. But I'm going to go with Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10, the kind of genesis, well, not officially the genesis, but the the first kind of ladder match that, that uh, really made uh, the ladder match what, what it is today, a real spectacle, and they, they were the, the the people who really trailblazed for that match. So I'm going to go with WrestleMania 10, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. That is a great shout. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how much I agree with that. That was actually going to be my first choice. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. That match was a huge thing for me growing up. I wore the VHS tape, tape out. That is an absolutely banging choice. That is really, really good. A um, couple of suggestions we've had. Um, somebody on Twitter, Scott Robinson, at ScottWWEF1. Uh, he tweeted into the show to say, how about Goldberg versus Hogan from the Georgia Dome? That's a real monumental moment, a wild crowd again. We're talking about wild crowds at WrestleMania 18 with The Rock and Hogan. That's another one there. Huge attendance and just a massive moment in WCW history. Yeah, and all on free TV, which yeah. that, that, was a, that was a pay-per-view match of in any world, and they gave it away on free TV. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, Ricky and Clive wrestling show. Oh, uh, brilliant. They've messaged in and said, how about we go to the finger poke of doom episode? <laughs> um, 
you can find them the, at Ricky and Clive on yeah, Twitter. Th- this would be the shortest episode of Chain Wrestling ever because that literally lasts about three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm not going to do that, though. I'm going to go uh, with Hulk Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter, WrestleMania 7. Uh, no, Mag, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched that match about three times over the last last two months, and every time I shudder because of how uh, horrific it is. It's going to happen one day, you know, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Just strong arm it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go a slightly different route then, um, seeing as the first choice of WrestleMania 10 has, has, has been selected already. I'm going to go a link via the arena. Okay. The, the match that we've just watched, the episode of Raw we just watched, was at the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Um, some, it's no longer there. They've, they've torn it down or refurbished it or, or whatever. Now it's, it's no longer there. But there have been some absolutely crazy and historic moments in wrestling that took place in, in that arena. Um, for example, Survivor Series 91 was there. So you had The Undertaker winning his first championship from Hulk Hogan. Uh, Survivor Series 99 with Austin getting hit by the car and so on to write him off television for a while Survivor Series 2005 was also held there a couple more moments with Steve Austin the the driving of the Zamboni down to the ring during the belt presentation in 1998 between The Undertaker and Kane and McMahon and Austin crashes the, the belt presentation there and gets arrested that was in that arena um, a fo- the following year Austin and The Rock were in the middle of a big feud and The Rock throwing Austin and the title belt into a river that was emanating from an episode of Raw that was in that arena as well all brilliant historic moments that stand out and yeah. everyone everyone loves um, I'm not going to go down a brilliant historic moment that everyone loves <laughs> I'm going to go down a slightly different route I'm going to go the route of WCW and I'm going to go uh, John Lewis Arena, Detroit, Michigan, 1995, Halloween Havoc. And we have a few options here. We have the wonderful Hulk Hogan, Big Show, or the giant as he was then, um, monster truck match that is a sight to behold. Uh, but I thought, I don't want to I don't want to subject you to that, Max, because <laughs> even I cringe at that, and I'm a big WCW fan. In the mid-card of that show, we had a tag team match that went nearly 20 minutes. Um, and we had on the one side of the ring Sting and Ric Flair and their opponents were Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman and I thought just looking through the card um, I can't remember that match myself but I thought the names that are involved that could be a good little watch so that's going to be my selection uh, this week Interesting, yeah Uh, I mean four really, really, really good wrestlers Um, so it's it's Potentially, I mean, I, again, I'm like you. I don't remember the match, but it's potentially got the, it's got the wrestling chops to be a good one. And, and if they give it twenty minutes on a pay per view, there must be uh, there must be something good there to to delve into. So yeah, it's a, it's a sounds like a really good pick. It does, it does. But honestly, it's not as good as yours. So um, vote for Max, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a quick recap then. Um, Mags' selection, vote for Mags. We have WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon um, in the 
incredible ladder match um, in my selection. Vote for Max. We have Halloween <laughs> Havoc 95, Sting and Flair versus Anderson and Pillman. Those are the potential links for next week's show. Um, that's where we could end up. Let us know where you want to go. Vote on the poll that will be up as soon as this episode is available. Vote for Mags. And, um, yeah, follow the show on at chain underscore wrestling on Twitter there for all the information you need. Mags, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, first of all, vote for Simon. Uh, <laughs> then also, it's, if you're in the voting mood, uh, definitely go over to uh, uh, Chop, Chops Kicks and Nafal's Twitter and then and give us a give us a vote on on uh, on their polls for the end of year awards because it's been it's blown me away that we've been uh, nominated so it'd be even cooler to to pull the win uh, so yeah definitely go and uh, go and get your votes in on that and um, definitely vote for Simon and this uh, this tag team match on Halloween Havoc 1995 follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby I've got more podcasts than any human man should ever be involved in <laughs> no worries okay then bud well another episode in the can I've had a brilliant time as always I'll uh, I'll let you get off and I'll, I'll speak to you again next week vote for Mags <laughs> <laughs>